previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. In spirit, I am there. I just won't be there. But it just feels transitional and that it's over. Now, who in the hell used to be my girl when I was seven years old? You're giving me a reason to love again, to love one more time. And one way to know somebody cares is if you got beef. The landscape of college football is changing and certainly the landscape in swag football is changing. Knock on an oak tree, man. I mean, uh, just don't, I need my quarterback to be there, man. It was some big dogs. It was some little dogs. It was some meek dogs and some mean dogs. We even had a security dog. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. Beautiful. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are aboard for this episode. There's so much catching up to do. We'll do as much of that as we can as I get you all geared up for some Texans playoff football and just uh, renewing what we've done for so many years inside of this podcast. Again, welcome. And if this is your first time, I want to tell you about some ways that you can become interactive and be a part of the program. You can go to wageswordproductions.com and go back and listen to past episodes and learn a little bit about us. Also, you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. Be a part of that post talk trash, brag on your favorite team, put out stories and information that you're interested in and you want to share with the rest of us. In addition to that, you can follow me on social media on Instagram at the Devin Wade. That's T H E D E V A N W A D E and on X or Twitter as I would defiantly remain calling it Twitter. It's X, but it's Twitter to me <laughs> at Wade's word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And the most fun and efficient way to get in and maybe hear yourself on this podcast is by calling the sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Well, this time out, I'm going to catch you up with what's brand new. In addition to that, we'll hit some headlines. We will have our guy from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown, will be aboard, and we'll do some this or that with him. We may or may not have Word, but we will hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. So with that, you ready? I'm ready. Let's get started with what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. So what's brand new? So many things are brand new. So excited about a lot of stuff happening. But let's start with the things that affect you, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast listener. Because I do know I have a large crossover audience. I have people that listen to me three days a week on the radio, and then when I come to you on podcast, and if I do other things outside of this, there are a lot of people who catch me a lot of different places. So sometimes I feel like, well, guys, uh, you hear me. You know, I'm out there doing what I do, but if you exclusively listen to the podcast, you may not know, and I just may come up missing and not uh, have a new episode for you quite frequently enough. But what has happened is I have a brand new show on KTSU Music Show, sort of a neo-soul jazz 
jazz blend on Thursdays. It's called the Thursday Chill with Devin Wade. So that's really exciting. So I've started with that. That's cut into my time. In addition to that, Life Tunes is a music podcast I've been working on as well. So that's happened. Also, just a lot of timing with things that have happened as it pertains to national championship games, playoff games, stuff that I haven't been able to comment on in a rapid fashion. And I've said this before, and I still intend to do this when I go stretches where I'm not able to do full episodes. I will do brief cast and I will try to hit you guys with quick hitters. I may try to even do three, four days a week, maybe five, 10, 15 minutes where I can come to you and make a comment so you can be interactive and be a part of, uh, I can be a part of the dialogue that's going on out there and you can be a part of it because you're part of this community. And again, I want to Thank you guys for that. It's been great, and I certainly appreciate all of the support that you guys have given me and the patience. And I, I hey, thank you guys for commenting and listening to Life Tunes. I posted it on the same channels in which I post, post the uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So don't get confused. If you hear Life Tunes, if it's your thing, check it out. Even if it's not your thing or if you're not sure it's your thing, Check it out, and then maybe just maybe you'll like it. And if you don't, hey, on that episode, just skip it and resume when there's a sports talk episode. So how about that? But, again, I talked about the sports line. Really want to hear from you guys on the sports line. You can call 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614, and leave a message. Okay, I won't answer 24 hours a day. But if you work the third shift and you listen to the podcast in the middle of the night and you want to comment, call Leave a message, and maybe you'll end up on the next podcast. If it's a question, a comment, if you want me to talk about a team, or if you want to talk about your team, feel free to do that, and we may work you in in a segment that we call We the People. Also, you know, I post the poll questions on Facebook as well. So with that, let's get into what's going on now, a little bit of what's going on now in some headlines. In headlines where we are just a couple of hours away from kickoff of the divisional round of the playoffs and the Houston Texans going to Baltimore to take on the MVP, Lamar Jackson, and those Baltimore Ravens. I have to tell you, man, it's been amazing, a wonderful time here in Houston. So let, let me get this out of the way first and foremost. These are not like the Oiler days, not yet. But the love is building for this team, and it's because of C.J. Stroud and the poise and just the the leadership this guy has in this organization, and the city is rallying around him and his team and his coach, D'Amico Ryans. I have to tell you, you know, if you listen to KTSU Sports Talk, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I was late to the party. When I saw C.J. Stroud in training camp, I'm saying to myself, and I said to you guys, he doesn't look ready. He did not look ready, and I was wrong because all season long he's proven that. He's going to be the rookie of the year. I thought uh, Paku Nakua may be in the running, but to do what uh, C.J. Stroud has done, leading this team the way he has, it's just been incredible. We've not seen anything like it, and some parts of the record books will show that. And the other thing about that is – this team really loves and respects him. They also love, I mean, they when times are good, everybody loves everybody. They love the city. The things that, that I took away from the post-game press conferences and, and being in the locker room after the Cleveland Browns game is that the team loves the city of Houston, 
They believe in themselves. They believe in D'Amico Ryans because he makes them and helps them believe in themselves. And this team really believes in C.J. Stroud. Had a chance to check in with uh, Brevin Jordan and got his comments on his thoughts on C.J. Stroud as a leader in that locker room. Man, that's him. That's that's literally his identity. That's who he is. That's how he carries himself outside of this building. He's just a composed dude man he's a west coast killer i've been saying it all day he's just a west coast killer man that dude is unbelievable and that's just a snippet of what we've heard about him all year long brevin jordan of course had the big touchdown play that really propelled this team emotionally and of course the gates flew open as that defense did work some pick sixes and just uh, made it happen I had a chance to talk to steve nelson as well at one of the uh, interceptions of joe flacco to take it to the house just a dominant performance laramie tunzel was amazing last week against miles garrett and it was just amazing what they did against against that number one defense. And the thing about CJ is that he has some similarities. Not, I mean, not. I'm not making a total tie here, but he, he is a very devout young man. And he sort of reminds me of Evander Holyfield in that way, and that they're so immersed in their faith that they're not rattled by much. And we always talk about the learning curve in the NFL for rookies, especially rookie quarterbacks. And this year, we've not seen that. Jordan Love, who's not a rookie, but he has made his playoff debut against the Cowboys, was just, he just dissected that team. A little bit different in that I don't think the Cowboys were ready to play, and I'll get into the Cowboys a little bit later on. But CJ came out, no learning curve, did his thing, and I think maybe it's because he played some huge games in college, and a lot of it is just him and his faith and just how he moves and he's unrattled in a almost a, a just an unusual way you you would think again that nerves would come into it but not at all we'll see if that carries over to playing on the road but again can't say enough about D'Amico Ryans and they're going into a buzzsaw and they are 10 point underdog going into that game now on KTSU we have talked a lot about Lamar Jackson lately and his critics and all the criticism of him, you know, oh, he runs too much. This is, you know, sort of some people think it's because he runs too much. He gets criticism the way he throws, blah, blah, blah. He gets criticized for one reason and one reason only. The lack of playoff success. One in three in the playoffs among the lowest ratings of all quarterbacks with at least four playoff games. His teams have averaged only 13 points per game in the playoffs. The only person, the only quarterback that scored fewer points per start in the playoffs was Andy Dalton, who was 0-4 in the playoffs as a starting quarterback. So that's where the criticism comes from, and that's where the pressure can be applied. Or If, if Lamar Jackson feels pressure, it'll come from that place. Now, again, I think that Texans defense will be surprising. They're still very young. Stingley is playing well, and I think that the linebackers are playing really well. They have a slightly underrated defensive front. This team could be surprising. This defense could surprise him a little bit, and, you know, it'll be cold but windy. The cold is the cold. You don't worry about the cold, but if the winds are really high and it affects the passing game, that could benefit the Texans, except for the fact that they are not a run-first team. They can't run the ball consistently. They've had spots where Devin Singletary has gotten off and Pierce has done some things. But by and large, I mean, you're talking about 52 yards per game for Singletary, and he came in the season 
not as the starter, but as the backup. So neither running back has 1,000 yards. I think Singletary leads with 868 yards for the season. So that's where you start to worry. This is playoff football, bad weather football. You need to be able to count on defense and running game. They can't do that. On the other hand, (laughs) Baltimore certainly can't. So we'll have to see what that means. But I think that if they have a couple early turnovers, maybe, just maybe, this team could shock the world and more of the same for teams that have struggled in the playoffs, hence the Dallas Cowboys. So in this game, I'm still going to pick Baltimore. Although I was on with Nate Griffin on Fox 26 the other day, and I I said I thought the, the Texans would win. I essentially got caught up in the moment. When you sit back and reflect, this is an MVP season for Lamar Jackson, and I think he will prove that today. This is one of the best teams in the NFL. I think they're right there with – uh, the San Francisco 49ers, I think the San Francisco 49ers are better. I still don't think Baltimore will get to the Super Bowl. I'm still riding with that guy in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. We'll have to see, but we'll have to see what happens today. This could be an upset. They played this team, the Texans did, the very first week of the season, lost 25-9. to But these are two totally different teams. Mark Andrews is not playing for Baltimore. That will be huge. But we'll have to see. I will say I will take the Texans plus the 10 if we're gambling. And I'll take the under. I don't know what the over-under is, but I, I feel like I would take the under. Now, I would have lost last week on that, on both accounts, because I took uh, Cleveland to win last week. So the other game in the AFC is tremendously intriguing. And if I was not in Houston, this would be the game that I would circle as the most interesting of the weekend And it really is the best game. It's the matchup between two of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen, at home this time against Pat Mahomes. They gave us the best two-minute finish in the history of the NFL, if you ask me, a couple years ago in the playoffs. And that time, Pat Mahomes did what he did. I I videotaped that or DVR'd it or whatever the, the terminology is. And I go back and look at that. It's still unbelievable how the last two minutes of that game transpired. I forget the numbers, but it was just an incredible finish. You just don't know what is going to happen when these two match up against one another. It does look like Baltimore's a little bit more banged up. No Gabe Davis uh, wrapping their secondary. Another cornerback is out. A linebacker is out. So they have some injuries. Yet and still, Kansas City has woeful wide receiver play. Although Rice, Rasheed Rice played well last week. If they can get going and get Kelsey going, I'm still picking Kansas City to win this game on the road and go to the Super Bowl. I really I really think that will happen. We'll have to see. On the NFC side of things, Detroit is the Cinderella story. You got to root for those guys. If you're in Houston, Houstonian and former Houston Texan Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator, has that team playing well. I mean, Dan Campbell is doing a great job as well. You're talking about coaches changing the culture. D'Amico Ryan's number one. And I think Campbell, to do what he's done in a dormant franchise, when when have they won anything? I mean, 32 years since their last playoff win, that's pretty tough. In addition to that, San Francisco hosts Green Bay. That Green Bay team that defeated Dallas is going to be fun to watch in years to come. We We will see about them. But... Jordan Love looks the part. I mean, maybe, I mean, in in a lot of part of the season, he did all season long. But you want to crown him, you can crown him. 
if he's going to play Dallas every week, had a near-perfect quarterback rating just like C.J. Stroud in the opening round of the playoffs. So give me your thoughts on any of that, 832-941-6614. Going to take a brief time out, come back, uh, have some Astro news, going to talk about the Cowboys. And, of course, we still have our visit with our guy, former NFL receiver, former Houston Oilers, Alabama State standout from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown, will join us that and more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance. And finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. One of the things that has happened since the last time I've come to you is the Texas Southern Tigers have hired a head coach, a guy I have been knowing for 30 years, Chris Dishman, former Houston Oiler, and I am so excited about that. I really, I mentioned this on this podcast that I thought that he was the guy for the job. I was really excited. There were a lot of names bandied about. I thought to do something a little bit different, and not to say that Fred McNair was not an accomplished coach, because he certainly is, and is a quality swag coach with a proven track record, but uh, Dishman can give you something different. And look, I will say this. I have bias because when I was a fledgling reporter, he was one of the guys that I could always go to to get quotes and always made himself available if I needed to interview somebody. For, when I was writing for the Houston Informer and then later on for the Black Voice, uh, the LaVita News, the, the Black Voice, he was one of those guys when I was really – getting started and you always pay attention to people when they treat how they treat you when you're coming up or you're not on a a higher level and him Bubba uh, Bubba McDowell head coach for Prairie View Eddie Robinson Reggie Brown I mean Reggie and I we were coming up together you know at the very beginning for him and for me and so you know when those guys took time out it was big at the time because I couldn't always, I didn't always have access to to Warren Moon or you know some of the other guys weren't easily available to talk to. But he was one of those guys. But beyond that, and beyond the personal reasons, I think that he will be able to recruit. He will stir up some excitement in the greater Houston area because we talk about the love for the Texans. The love for the Oilers is so deep and so real. If you are a native Houstonian, especially of a certain age. You bleed Columbia blue. And, of course, a lot of folks felt triggered when the Tennessee Titans came out in them old oiler uniforms. But, boy, they look good. But it also stirred up those emotions for the Love You Blue days and all of the great years that this organization had, or that organization, the Titans organization, which were the Oilers, had here. But 
I think he's going to do a great job. He knows how to recruit. He's been in college football. He's coached on all sorts of levels. And he's really, really committed to being a successful football coach. So I'm excited. And, yeah, I know I've gotten – look, day one, I was getting text messages. Oh, you got your guy. That's your guy. You sound super happy. Well, I'm happy for the program. And I'm also happy – yeah, I'm happy that I know somebody from the beginning – not from the, essentially the beginning of his football career, but from very early on in his professional work life, I knew him. And now fast forward 30 plus years later, and he is heading up uh, the Texas Southern Tiger football team. So I'm excited about that. But one of the things I'm not excited about, <laughs> I'm not excited about, sometimes I, I start to feel like the old guy is Peacock putting the Chiefs Dolphins game on streaming only. And I have to tell you, I am warning you guys. I'm warning you guys about a couple of things, and I haven't gotten into this, and I will at a later date. I want to talk about this flag football thing, but let me say this briefly about Peacock and this streaming thing that they're doing. They're also doing it on Prime, and that's a problem. You want to know what happens to sports that go behind a paywall exclusively or or, uh, you start to go behind the paywall more and more and more? See boxing. Boxing was absolutely decimated. The popularity of the sport of boxing was killed by putting everything on pay-per-view. The last most beloved champion that we had, I mean, you can make a case for Floyd Mayweather and his ability to garner uh, attention. But when you talk about loved athletes, and, and because everybody knew him, everybody watched him coming up, talking about De La Hoya and Mike Tyson. Those guys came up on free television. Roy Jones and some of those guys came up in the in the Olympics and, and it was free and accessible. You start putting everything behind a paywall and, and making everything pay-per-view. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm the old guy in this situation, but I think that is a recipe for disaster. The game of football, especially because these teams get so much tax assistance from municipalities all over the country, you owe it to make that game available to the masses. And, and, and even if you want to do it in the regular season, okay, people are going to pay for it, and that's fine. But there's going to come a day where people are not going to want to do that. And then where, how are you going to grow your fan base if nobody's familiar with the game because everything is hidden behind paywalls and, and pay-per-view? So that's just a, an aside, and I'm upset about that. And it's just my opportunity to complain and I won't belabor it, but I would love to visit this later on. But uh, good news for the Houston Astros. What did you spend money on yesterday? Well, the Houston Astros spent $95 million on a closer, Josh Hader. And I've said this a couple of times with the exit of Dusty Baker and Maldonado uh, being gone and Michael Brantley retiring. It just feels like a transition where this team, that era, that golden era of the Houston Astros, might be over, but maybe that's a little bit premature because you got Yanni Diaz at catcher that's going to give you more offense, and now you have a legit, legit closing Josh Hader. So that's going to be big. We have time to talk about baseball. We'll get into some hot stove at some point with our guy from the special teams unit. I'm talking about none other than Michael Bourne, for former major leaguer, been on the show several times. So there's that. Now let me talk about the Dallas Cowboys. If you know me, you know that I have never, ever, 
ever liked the Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking about, and see, this is where I have an advantage over Stephen A. Smith and some of these national types that just, they are new haters of the Dallas Cowboys. Let me tell you who I hated. I hated Harvey Martin and Billy Joe Dupree and Randy White. I just, I'll tell you, it's only like one or two Dallas Cowboys I ever liked. Roger Starbuck was one. And I still didn't, I didn't like him at the time because they just were always around. They were always winning. And it's not that I was hating on them because they're winners or I was jealous of them. I just didn't want to be like them. See, people have this misconception that if you don't like them, it's because deep down inside you envy them, you want to be them. No, I want to be a winner, but I'm not going to win like that. And I didn't want to be like Cowboy fans. Cowboy fans have just created a problem for this organization. They've created a ton of hate (laughs) for their team, and they have also always created false narratives and higher-than-needed expectations. You're talking about this team, and they should not have lost to a 9-8 and Green Bay Packers team. They were not prepared. I would not have brought Mike McCarthy back. But let me say this. The expectations that they were going to go to the Super Bowl came from one place and one place only, the fan base. That was the source of all this belief in this team. Truth be told, this team should have been the fifth seed. They should have been playing in Tampa Bay. But because Philadelphia had a massive, massive collapse down the stretch and because they got the benefit of the call in Detroit on the two-point conversion, the Cowboys move up to a two-seed. Did you guys really think that this was a Super Bowl caliber team? I thought that had they met Detroit again, they would have lost to them in the playoffs. I think maybe even Philadelphia is a toss-up game, although Philly was just so bad down the stretch. But they certainly would have got just bum-rushed by the San Francisco 49ers. It was the fans and the media that have this fascination with the the Dallas Cowboys. I don't dislike a lot of the guys on the team. I think they're an entertaining team to watch, and you have to appreciate the talent on that team and the excitement and the way they play sometimes. But I still cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys, and it's primarily because of the fans and the media. And you guys created this. You Cowboy fans created all of this stuff. Y'all did this. This team, had they gone on to Tampa Bay, maybe beat Tampa Bay on the road, and then you come back to Detroit and you lose, then you say, okay, hey, it was, you know, we didn't get there, we lose again. See, there were other years where I think the expectations really should have been higher. Not this year. Not for the Dallas Cowboys. Give me your thoughts. Always hear from the Cowboy fans. We heard from a ton of them this morning inside of KTSU Sports Talk. Leave me a message or hit me up on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, and let me know. Going to take one more time out on the other side. We're going to hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and on the other side from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 
832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Just email me, music at wagewordproductions.com, music at wagewordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We will play a snippet at the halfway point in an entire track at the end of an episode. So, hey, if you want thousands of folks to be introduced to your music, hit me up. We'll try to work you in and get you on. Apologies to our guy, Paul Donald. Uh, we wanted to get some Terry Donald holiday music on for you. We were unable to do that, but we will always celebrate her. And, uh, and again, we'll share music from her down the line, I'm sure. Um, here is our conversation with our guy from Special Teams Unit, Reggie Brown. Man, I gave you a little time to sort of mourn the end of the Miami Dolphins season, but there are a lot of things I want to get into it with you about. Let's talk first and foremost about the demise of the Miami Dolphins because Saturday night's game really, for a lot of people, thought that would be the AFC championship. That could have easily been, going into the season, the AFC championship. And even at times early in the year, you say, okay, this is the matchup. What happened to the Dolphins? Well, first of all, thank you for getting me off the bench, Coach. I've been on the bench for a while, (laughs) so thank you for getting me back in the game because I love to play and I love the special teams. And then secondly... You know, it it was just uh, at the beginning of the year, we were very, very healthy and we were rolling. Obviously, in the NFL, injuries are not an excuse. Everybody goes through the injury bug. But our team just has so many injuries. When you talk about losing three starting linemen during the year and Tyreek Hill hurt for the last five games and Jada Waddle out for two of the last three games and then losing Jalen Phillips and and Chubb and Xavier Howard and and Holland and both of our safeties, man. And it just, you know, it just fell apart. And it sucks to be a Dolphins fan because obviously 
over the last 30 years, it's been a struggle to even make it to the playoffs. And then you think you got a team and then you get hit by the injury bug. And I mean, not only do you get hit by it, you get devastated by it. And then, you know, there are other things where Tua hasn't proven that in big games, he can win those. And there's a thing, as, as you know, that's been around the game for so long that elite quarterbacks find a way. And Tua hasn't proven that he can find a way to get it done. So it just sucks to be a Dolphins fan right now. So thank you for giving me time to lick my wounds and <laughs> send my apologies and pay out all my money and, you know, <laughs> eat all my crow. Well, I tell you what, and I don't know how much you can hold the results Saturday against the team. I mean, that those were unbearable conditions for – I mean, and I know there are no excuses in the NFL, but that's a tall task for any team south of the Mason-Dixon line to go to Kansas City in those conditions to try to win a game on the road. Do they get some sort of – a little bit of a pass for having to go to Kansas City or, or not being able to win in Kansas City? Well, when you're a franchise that is the last franchise with the longest streak of not winning a playoff game, the Dolphins, I think this is the 23rd year that the Dolphins have not won a playoff game. Every other franchise has won a playoff game in that time span. You don't get excuses. you got to go in and find a way to win a playoff game. And it sucks, and the weather was an issue, and the injuries was an issue, but this fan base is dying for a win, and I just don't accept it, and we got to be better. And, and I know that the injuries are a huge factor, but unfair or not, do you think the narrative will still be this team just wasn't tough enough? This is a finesse team. This is, I mean, you see that unfairly attached to certain teams. And obviously, if you look at the real picture, when you talk about all those injuries, that was the real issue. But you, do you think the national takeaway will be, oh, this is just not a, a big game team? This is just not a tough enough team? Well, you can't be tough when you – have second and third string linemen playing in the game. And you can't be tough when you have second and third string. I mean, you look at the playoff game, we had our two edge rushers were on the streets a week before the game. So, you know, you can't be that tough when you have guys playing that aren't in shape, when you got your two safeties haven't played all year. And then you got Eli Apple at corner who, has sucked all year and is a backup. But, you know, so, yes, that's, that's the truth of the matter. But context matters as well. And the team wasn't tough because down the stretch, it didn't have all of its players, you know. Because if you remember early on in the season, we ran the ball. Uh, we had the, the, the best rushing attack in the league. We had the, you know, our defense was coming along. We had the second most sacks in the league. And then all of a sudden you just start, you know, dropping players like flies and it changes the trajectory of your team. That being said, nobody don't want to hear your excuses. So what's the takeaway of, of Tua? My, sort of my final Dolphins question. Do you still think he's the guy that can take you where you want to go? Well, I, I just had this conversation tonight. It's so hard to figure out what to do with Tua because he came in the league and he had the injuries, and so he had to get healthy from the injuries. And then last year he had the concussion, 
So you had to deal with that. So you gave him an excuse for the concussions. And then this year you have all of the injuries and you got to go to Kansas City. Things just haven't went his way where he can 100, we can 100, 100% say, does he belong or not? And again, I'm not into making excuses for players, but facts are facts. And these things are very, very real. So I don't know if you can still make a decision on him. He has all of the talent. The only thing that we have to find out is about his heart. And you know this, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. And he hasn't proven that part of it while he's been in the NFL. So let's talk about the rest of the NFL with a segment that we call This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. In the This or That segment, I will give you, Reggie, two choices, and you tell me this one or that one. Let's start with these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love. Who had the most impressive performance in their playoff debut? C.J. Stroud. I'll take that one. The Packers team as a whole, you're talking about Aaron Jones. You're talking about that defense. Um, I think that, you know, that coaching staff being together for so long and Green Bay has a winning tradition and all of those things, you step in there and you just do your best to try to continue it. C.J. Stroud has stepped into a position where nobody thought, that the Texans would be anywhere close to this. Nobody thought that he would be as close as where he's at. I mean, everybody thought that. I remember having these conversations earlier in the year. Should he sit on the bench behind Mills for a year and watch and learn? And the fact that this guy has come out and and broken almost every rookie record and, you know, the way he plays, the way he sees the games, I got to go with that guy. I mean, he is just been amazing this year yeah and I, I tend to agree with you on that uh, although Jordan Love was was tremendously impressive it looked like Dallas was not prepared and I think that Laramie Tunzel you talk about a former Dolphin Laramie Tunzel did a tremendous job against Miles Garrett although Garrett may not have been 100% but that defense had just come into Houston three weeks earlier and just decimated that team without CJ Stroud so I, I tend to agree and again throughout the season the number one defense in the NFL has been the Cleveland Browns. And two, I'll say this, that when a team believes in their quarterback, that's a whole nother level. And I think what D'Amico has did, you know, we're talking about C.J. Stroud. Maybe we need to do a this and that on on, on coaches because that guy has just done a phenomenal job this year of making his team believe, making them rally around their quarterback, and then the type of football that they play. That whole Shanahan thing is a real damn thing, man. So, yeah, I mean, again, it is a, a big, big deal. Such a total surprise. I think both of us were sort of wrong on Stroud, at least uh, even how we wanted to manage him. I think we were on the wrong side of history as it pertains to that, and I get a chance to mention that every week inside of KTSU Sports Talk. So let me ask you this in the next uh, of this or that. The most disappointing end to the season – and, and I don't mean just the last game. I'm talking about the the latter part of the season. The Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? This or that? Man, that's a tough one. I would say the Cowboys because Philadelphia, similar to Miami, 
had the uh, injuries and you could clearly see what was going on with them maybe about six or seven weeks prior to the end of the season where I think they lost six out of the last seven games and, you know, the, the, it, it just fell apart at the end. The Cowboys, however, they were poised to win a Super Bowl at least compete against San Francisco and to see them in the first round again after year after year after year was just disappointing. So I I, I would have to go with the Cowboys. See, and I'll disagree with you on this one because I, I'll go Philadelphia because I don't think at any point outside of Cowboy Nation did anyone legitimately think that the Cowboys were the best team in the NFL. I think San Francisco put an end to that. And I just think that everybody thought it was a two-team race, Philadelphia and the 49ers. And for a large portion of the season, people really thought that the Philadelphia Eagles were going back to the Super Bowl. And to see them, like I said, and again, we know why. There were injuries. They just didn't play well. I think we'll find out uh, Jalen Hurts is not 100%. Uh, I don't know what, in, what the injuries or the maladies are, but we'll find out. But I just think... For them to have such high expectations and to come out of the gate playing so well and then just have a total collapse. See, the Cowboys stuff is more a figment of their fans' imagination. Their expect so To me, this is who they are. They are the Los Angeles Chargers. That, that's who they are. A team that'll play well in the regular season, but you don't have to worry about them going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, but but somehow because of the star. And the reputation and the history, we think that they are preordained to be Super Bowl contenders. And I just think that that's not true. You, because I think, think about this. They really weren't supposed to be the number two seed. They got a call against Detroit. And really, if Philadelphia just wins one more game down the stretch, they're the number two seed and the Cowboys go on the road to play Tampa. So, you well, know. Well, I, I think that when you look at the fact that Philadelphia – Lost to the Giants and Arizona. The Commanders, yeah, yeah. I mean, so to me, when that happens, that says that something is wrong. And uh, while the Cowboys may have, you know, may, you know, ultimately be the Cowboys that lose in the playoffs, when when you're pitting these two teams, I still have to say the Cowboys were – more disappointing because at least they didn't lose to the Giants and the Cardinals. And when Philadelphia lost to them, you had to say that this is a team in peril. And then A.J. Brown is not there in the playoffs. Everything fell apart in Philadelphia. And then secondly, I think the thing that we don't talk about much, but Philadelphia lost a lot of good players in the offseason, and we just thought that, you know, they would plug and play because they lost so many players in free agency, but those losses came back to haunt them down the stretch. Well, finally, in this or that, which quarterback has more pressure on him to win this weekend, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, this or that? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I would say Lamar Jackson. I think that Lamar Jackson has proven, you know, he's going to win the league MVP. He won't be judged by any other measure except making it to the Super Bowl. He's been a league MVP. 
He's going to be the MVP again. We know he can play regular season. We know he can win a playoff game. Now, can you win a Super Bowl? And I don't think that if if Josh Allen, you know, the Bills fall, people will say, well, it was, you know, Kansas City, Mahomes. McDermott, they're they'll blame the coach. They'll, they'll blame yeah. the, if he doesn't have a good game. If he if he has a high turnover game, I mean, I think that'll add to it. Too. Right, 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 right. So I think that nobody's going to give Lamar Jackson any excuses. Where Josh Allen is going to have some built-in excuses. Well, we uh, we have that. So give me some of your predictions. Texans go on the road to Baltimore. Who you got? Based on just what you said, man, Lamar Jackson, my homeboy from Florida, and much as I'm I'm living in Houston, and I would love to get a day off with the Texans winning the Super Bowl from my job. You know, the the dream season ends on Sunday. I just think that Baltimore, that defense is too good, and Lamar Jackson is playing too too well, and I just think that he's a man on a mission. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's going to be tough to go on the road. Uh, maybe there's something magical there. I'm not sure. I think, again, the pressure is on Lamar Jackson. That may have something to do with it. And I have to tell you, I like the fact that they get a chance to play Baltimore again because this is a totally different team. I'm not saying that the Texans are going to win. I think it'll be a lot more interesting than people think. This is coming from a guy who picked the Cleveland Browns to defeat the Texans last week at home. Well, I think that the one of the difference will be is outside is Baltimore and it's cold. And we just talked about that with the Dolphins. That makes a difference, man. As much as players don't want to say it's a thing, it's a thing when you're used to playing in Houston every week and now you got to go to Baltimore. Yeah, well, like I said, let's get to the NFC side of things. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers having to go to the San Francisco 49ers. Again, the fairy tale ends. This 49ers team is bona fide. They're physical. They got a great coach. They got a quarterback who does not make mistakes and you know, again, I think that sooner or later, Shanahan is going to win a Super Bowl, and this might be the year. And finally, let's predict uh, the Detroit Lions hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, can the Lions make it to the NFC Championship? Yeah, I, I think that, again, the fairy tale end. Baker Mayfield has been amazing. Uh, I think he's resurrected his career in Baltimore. I think systems sometimes make quarterbacks, and he's found himself in a good situation with a great defense. But going on the road in Detroit, that city is starving for a championship, or at least um, have they ever been to the if NFL no. championship? No. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. They won NFL yeah. championships. That was a yeah, long, yeah, long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dome. I, I, I can't even imagine the decibels that's going to be in that dome when Tampa Bay show up, how loud it's going to be in there. So I think that alone is going to be a real disruptive force for Tampa Bay and um, ultimately Detroit going to win that game. 
Hey, well, we're going to do this again next week, so I certainly appreciate the time. And uh, we'll catch up real soon, and we'll see how these playoffs transpire. There are a lot, uh, many more things we can get into, uh, but, yeah, we'll definitely get into it next week, so I look forward to it. Hey, Coach, I'm just glad to be in the game. You put me on the bench, man. I don't know what I did, but, Coach, I'm glad, and I'm going to keep working hard to stay in the game on the special team. Hey, no doubt. You just had a bye week. That's all. It was a bye week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Want to thank Reggie as always. We've run out of time on the Lamont Award, and if you aren't familiar with it, we give the Lamont Award out to the big dummy of the episode. We have plenty in store, but if you have a suggestion, be sure to share it with me, and we may make that person or that team or that entity the Lamont of the episode. But before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to remind you guys: give me a call on the sports line eight three two nine four one. 6614. Hit me up on Facebook, Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and page. And of course, on Twitter at Wade's Word or what X on way at Wade's Word on Instagram and on threads at the Devin Wade. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens, although I'm rooting for the Texans. I'm taking Kansas City. I'm taking Detroit and I'm taking San Francisco. Give me your picks as well. Hey, enjoy the game. Enjoy football. We'll come back to you probably Monday or Tuesday next week. Looking forward to it. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. (laughs) This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.